This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Racer Game here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. I'm Lily Chai. So it's a whole new year. But you may still be in your old job and you're not completely immersed in your job. You're starting to draw boundaries for your time and energy. And you sometimes wonder what the purpose and meaning of your work are. The magic and excitement, somehow they are gone. You're not alone because this is a sweeping trend since last year called Quiet Quitting. And Sashi Kanapathi, who is the CTO, Chief Technology Officer at Leadernomics, is here to discuss all about that. Welcome to the show, Sashi. Thank you. Right. So your background, I want to touch a little bit on that, right? So you are an engineer by training and you had a long career in IT. Why did you decide to do HR and how does your previous experience apply to your current role? Yeah. Um, well, honestly, you know, throughout my career, I realized that whatever you know made me successful wasn't really the technical skills that I brought to the table. Sure, that was like a baseline. You needed to have, you know, needed to get that those bases covered. But really what differentiated um, my career was the ability to influence people or, you know, what you can call the leadership. It became more apparent the further I went in my career in different industries, through different roles. And I really wanted to kind of focus on that a little bit more, develop more in that area and help people more in that area. So I kind of switched to HR about six, seven years ago and try to focus on that area. And that's why it's very relevant what we're talking about because... I think it applies across many industries and really understanding that human dynamic in the workplace is really the key to success. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk about that then. So uh, there are so many trending words in the work environment last year, especially uh, since the pandemic as well. So the great resignation and there comes quiet quitting and then quiet firing and now quiet hiring even. (laughs) Now with so many terminologies, they're so different from one another. So how can you explain uh, what quiet quitting is in simple terms? Yeah, I think it's definitely the era of buzzwords, right? Um, and I think social media has a lot to play mm-hmm. with that because people want to come up with buzzwords so they can kind of um, be heard a little bit better. In fact, I think uh, I think quiet quitting was coined by a TikTok video by Brian Creeley um, in early 2022. I'm not sure it's hard to verify these things, but um, that's what I've read anyway. Well, according to Gallup, quiet quitting means people are not going above and beyond at the workplace. Right. And I think it's very important to go back to the definition because you'll see that it doesn't mean that people are not showing up at work. The word quitting sometimes implies that people are not just showing up, right? They've they've quit. But it's not that. It's actually just people are doing the bare minimum to meet their job description. Right. And and that's what it means. So if I were to define it, I would say you can consider it disengagement at work. It's not someone who's actively disengaged, but also not someone who's actively engaged either. So that's how I would define quiet quitting. So I would I would say that it's just doing the the bare minimum, right? But I always have this question, and I had this discussion with my colleagues as well. So I guess many people are doing the bare minimum because they feel like yeah. that is what I'm like. I'm I'm getting minimum pay, the bare minimum yeah. pay. That's why I'm doing the bare minimum. If Employees have this mentality, right? Is it wrong to do that? And what can companies do to rectify it? 
No, I, I don't think it's wrong to do that at all. Um, as you said, you know, you, you are meeting the bare minimum expectations. So you're doing a job and, and there's lots of strategies to address it. And first thing is, can you identify it, right? And recognize that it's a problem. And what companies really need to do is have their fingers in the pulse of the organization. And I think that's the first place where they go wrong because they assume that everything's okay. And quiet quitting is a phenomenon where sometimes things seem okay on the surface, but people are not giving you their best. And so firstly, what, what tools and strategies do companies have to understand their employees? Now, there's lots of great tools out there, right? I think one of the best things that every company should implement is micropulse surveys. And there's lots of solutions for that, including Budaya, which is something that Deuteronomics offers. But with micropulse surveys, you get the truth and a real-time sentiment of what's going on in the organization. Now, once you have that, you now have the data and the insights to try to understand where this engagement is coming from. Because this engagement will exist at various points in time for various reasons, right? It could be maybe because somebody's overworked. It could be maybe they're not aligned to company values. Maybe it's relationship with their colleagues. Maybe it's a relationship with their managers. Without understanding that root cause, you won't be able to solve this engagement. And this engagement to me is equivalent to quite quitting. So once we identify that, then that's when we kind of come up with solutions uh, to address it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, do you mind talking to us? What are the available solutions? So identifying it is through surveys, right? How mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. solutions? Yeah, I, I think that's lots of solutions. Um, Obviously, you know, people go with the very basic ones like uh, team building and things like that. But I think there's, those are all very short-term solutions. They cause a spike in engagement, but they don't sustain it. Um, so if you get to a root cause, there's an appropriate solution, right? For example, Gallup did a really good survey of how if the presence of effective managers correlates with quiet quitting. So what they found... And I think there's two takeaways for me from those from that research is number one, even the best of the best of managers still had quiet quitters in the team. So managers aren't the only root cause. That's what my takeaway is, right? However, the best managers had three to four times less quiet quitters than a normal manager or a poor manager. Hmm. So managers can make a huge difference. Right. Um, so those are my two key, key takeaways. And what does that mean? That means managers play a big part in trying to build relationships with their employees, to build trust, to build bonding. Because what happens is when an employee feels that their manager is somebody that they can trust and talk to, they are then able to kind of understand the disengagement better and maybe, you know, solve it in very micro ways. It has to be a very personalized solution. And managers are your key link in that, in that solution, right? Um, so I think managers is a big thing. Culture is another big thing. Culture is a big word, and we can have you know, many, many episodes on just culture. But think about it, right? If you're in a group of people and four out of five people are pulling in the same direction and giving you a certain amount of effort, and you're that one person who's trying to fight quit, mm. you would feel more inclined to kind of join the group and give the effort, right? Um, so that's that's how powerful culture is. Culture lets everybody kind of move in the same direction. Then, you know, companies really have to look at it and say, hey, listen, is my culture uh, conducive to what I'm trying to achieve? 
Right. So two things, right? Let how the manager leads the team, and the second thing is the culture of the company, right? So do you think that revisiting um, the culture and the values of the company will somehow, one way or another, solve the issue of quiet quitting in within the organization? Yeah, there's there's no you know magic bullet, um, but yes, it will help. It, these things all help, right? So coming back to the the concept of what causes disengagement, yes, culture plays a big part in that. So I, I will definitely stay away from saying that there's a one solution fits all. Right. Uh, it really is a it's a consultative approach where you have to identify the root cause and then solve it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but culture again, you know, what's the right culture is a uh, hire and fire culture, good or bad, or is it a collaborative culture, good or bad, or is it a more highly productive culture? Mm-hmm. There's no good or bad when it comes to culture. Culture is about, does it align to what the company is trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. And is it a good fit for the employees? Um, and then when these two things are aligned, then you get the results that you want and people are less likely to quite Right. So essentially, it comes. It all trickles down to communication with the employees, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of communication, right? Over communication and and um, communication from company to employees, company to managers, managers to employees. Um, so it's like a three way, right? System and everything has to be aligned and everything has to be communicated, so that you know it, it works seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, having said that, Lily, right? I, I I'm not. I, I think let's be clear. Quite quitting, isn't going to disappear. It's about making sure that we have those conversations to understand whether it's okay or not okay. Because sometimes it's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I do want to talk about that, but it's time for us to head into some messages, but don't go anywhere. I'm here with Sashi Kanapathi, who is the CTO of Leadernomics and Dearn Burhat, here to discuss and break down what quiet quitting is in the workplace. Stay with us, BFM 89.9. Busy Finding Money, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Lily Chai. I'm here with Sashi Kanapathi, who is the CTO, Chief Technology Officer at Leadernomics, here to discuss and break down what quiet quitting is in the workplace. So before that break, we're talking about what the buzzword means and is it really a problem? And before the break, you touched on, you know, why is quiet quitting a good thing? Before that, this problem has always been prevalent, but it especially has been reiterated these few years. I guess it's because of the pandemic, right, that that made it exponential. People are putting their wellness, their well-being at the forefront. So what role did the pandemic play that made this buzzword a buzz? Yeah. Uh, great question. I think I think definitely played a big part as, you know, I think during the pandemic, remote work became more commonplace, right? So what does remote work means? Physically, we're more distanced from our organizations. And when we're physically more distanced, there is a higher chance of disengagement. Um, and it's also definitely harder to recognize that disengagement. So I think it became more prevalent for those reasons. But also, I think companies have kind of re-looked at how they operate and they're starting to become more decentralized. They're expecting teams to be self-running or autonomous. So management is kind of more trusting of the teams and less you know, command and control. So 
in these kind of organizations, so the more you know advanced mature organizations, quite quitting actually hurts a lot because the teams are not performing at their best, right? Um, the other reason I think, big reason why the pandemic made a difference was this um, growth of gig work. Mm. So now people understand that their day job, nine to five job doesn't have to be the be all and end all, that they can also have gig work on the side Right. And that brings us to the next buzzword, which is clandestine contracting. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so that means like, you know, contracting on the side without anybody knowing. Yeah. So 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 some workers are just saying, hey, listen, I'm just going to give you a nine to five bare minimum so that I can save my energy to do something else on the side, either for extra income or because I have entrepreneurial aspirations or because it's a passion project, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now I can save some energy something else. So, so yeah, pandemic made a big difference, I think, too, mm. for all these reasons. Right. Um, I'm wondering, right, there are so many companies that are not supportive of the idea of hybrid working anymore. I yeah. guess it's because of the disengagement, but a lot of employees are not entirely happy. And I guess it's frowned upon when we hear companies do that, right? They are forcing, <laughs> quote unquote, forcing and mandating their employees to come back to the office to work. Yeah. yeah. What do you have to say about this? Yeah. So I think a couple of things where working in the office is better for some reasons, right? It helps you build relationships. It's better for collaboration. It's better for creativity. Working at home can be better for other things, right? Uh, flexibility, productivity can be better without distractions. Um, you save time from commutes. So, so there are pros and cons for each. And I think the idea is that each company has to find what's right for its business model, for its processes, right? Um, so if you're a call center company and you can do things from remote, why not, right? But if you're a highly creative PR agency, you probably need people in the office to try to brainstorm more and be more collaborative, right? So be more creative. So, so it, there's no one solution. But what's really, I think, stark in, in talking to companies is that people are not, or organizations are not taking the effort to figure out how to make it work. So mm. because they find it difficult to engage people on a remote basis, they're just forcing people back. And that's not a good reason to do it. Just because something's difficult doesn't mean it's not the right way to do it. And you got to learn new processes to do it. So people are kind of reverting back to old hobbits, habits because they know how to do that mm-hmm. and they don't know how to do this. And, and that's what I think is more alarming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you touched on this, you know, quiet quitting might be a good thing. Tell us why you think so. Okay. Um, this could be controversial, right? <laughs> but I think, you know, so so just go back to what, what we said it was, right? It's about meeting expectations. And the idea is, is if an employee is meeting expectations, is that a problem? I don't think so, Mm -hmm. right? Because a job, um, and I can't remember where this comes from, but a job can be classified into three things. And and I I use the three Cs to classify it. A job can be a calling. And a calling means jobs, these are usually like passion-related jobs, like artists or um, sometimes medical professionals, right? It's just a calling job. A job can be a career where you get great satisfaction in excelling in it and you really want to put in a lot of energy because you know you really want to be good at it and it's the career that you want. Or it can just be a contract, right? Where you are exchanging your time and for money. Yeah, for money, right? So so a job doesn't have to be a calling or a career. It can just be a contract, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, right? We we do need 
uh, a job and, and sometimes that's okay. The problem is with misaligned expectations. If a company thinks that they want you to look at this job as a career, but then you look at it as a contract, that misaligned expectations is where the problem comes. Hmm. Um, if I may, Lily, let me share a story. Um, in, in one of my previous organizations, there was this guy who was considered a very problematic guy on the team. And he was really, really smart. Um, but when I took over, I realized what was going on was he was quite quitting. And so once I had the conversation with him and realized, and the problem is when people treated him like a problem child, mm. he also acted out like a problem child. And this is a really, really smart guy, really capable. And, and that's the problem. People saw that he was capable, but he wasn't doing more. So when I had a conversation, I understood that he had priorities with his family and he just couldn't give more to the work. He just wanted to do bare minimum. And as long as I was accepting of it, his attitude changed that he became a much more pleasant team member. But at the same time, we made sure our alignments were clear. But I also had to have a performance conversation with him, right? To say that, listen, that's okay, right? This is a contract for you. Um, So this is what we expect. This is what you deliver. And this is what you get paid for that. But I also need to tell you that the increment cycles are based on you taking more responsibility or being more productive. And if you're not willing to do that, then, you know, it'll affect your increments. He was okay with that, right? As long as he's okay with that, I'm okay with that. There's absolutely no problem with it, Hmm. right? So we do need people to do some things that meet expectations, right? Not everybody's going to be a talent or look at it as a career that they want to excel at. So I don't think it's a problem. Right. That is something, I guess, a very different perspective on quiet quitting. Everyone sheds quite a bad light on what it is. But when your expectations with that person is aligned, if both parties are okay with it, then it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, and and you're getting getting output, right? Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, having said that, I would like to say that, you know, for individuals who are quiet quitting, um, I think they also need to be aware that they're quite fitting because sometimes they're quite fit without even being aware, right? <laughs> right? They become something that they do. And I think for that, it could be a problem because, I mean, if you're temporarily quite fitting, I think that's okay because there's something else that, you know, is, is priority in your life right now that you need to use your energy for. But if you are kind of doing it subconsciously and it just kind of happens and it creeps into you, it can become permanent, right? Mm. Um, there's this quote by Douglas MacArthur that goes, um, age wrinkles the skin, quitting wrinkles the soul. Right. So, so you don't want to get into a habit of quitting. That's what right. I'm saying, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, but if you're using your energy to drive something else in your life, great. I think that's a choice and that's okay. Just have that conversation with your manager and, and be clear that that's your choice. But if you're doing it subconsciously and you're not aware of it, then that can become a problem for you later on. What advice would you give to people who want to communicate that with their managers? Because if they deliver it in a wrong way, it would somehow make it look bad on that person, right? Mm. It it kind of feels like they're lazy or they're Mm. procrastinating, right? How do we deliver that correctly to our managers for employees out there? Yeah, so I think it's always to present it in a positive light, right? So there's a difference between saying, oh, I don't want to do that or I can't do that. Uh, I'm not willing to do that. That's that's kind of a negative thing, right? But you can present it in a positive way. Listen, you know, boss, I'm going to give 100% of my effort in this, but here are my boundaries. Right. Right. So that way it's presented in saying that I want to do this and I will do this to the best of my ability, but I won't do more than that, 
right? So, so setting those boundaries for yourself and then also open up a little bit, right? Explain where you're using that energy, right? Listen, like, like that ex-employee I spoke about, um, he very clearly explained his family situation. He says he wants to spend time on his family because of this, 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 this. So it makes it easier, right? So that it's not a personal rejection of me as a manager or me as a company, but I'm, I'm understanding you as a person. So, so explain yourself as a person, not just in the task, but at the same time, tell them what you're willing to do and then where you're about. So. Hmm. All right, before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts to share with us? Well, I think ultimately, you know, I want people to not look at quite quitters as just somebody who's coasting or negative. Um, I think it's important to recognize that they are doing a job. They are meeting expectations. They're not excelling or exceeding but they are meeting expectations. And I think that's very important. Mm. Um, as an advice for individuals, I think, you know, life has a lot to offer. So if you're quite quitting, try to question yourself why <laughs> and where you'd like to spend your energy instead. Um, so just, just be very conscious about it. Um, I really don't like the phrase quiet quitting, right? It seems very negative because the root word is quitting. quitting. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, at the same time, it's been around for a long time. It's called disengagement, right? It's just uh, now become a buzzword. So um, it's all about alignment, conversations, and, and making sure companies understand individuals and individuals at the same time. All right. Thank you so much, Sashi. Most welcome. Thank you for having me. I've been speaking to Sashi Kanapathi, who is the CTO of Leadernomics, here to break down what quiet quitting is in a workplace. If you missed any part of this conversation, of course, you can go on our website at bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play to download the full conversation. This has been Raise Your Game. I'm Lily Chai, and you've been listening to BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.